Well, I think it's about time we went a little bit retro on uh, on the podcast. And we're going to have a little listen to one of the early editions. So I warn you if it's poor quality now. You're listening to the Boring Bill podcast, and my name is Boring Bill. This is still Boring Bill in 2009. Continuing a reasonable frequency rather than we've had so far. Um, don't forget to interact with the podcast. Please email boringbillpodcast at gmail.com with your show suggestions or even suggestions about how to get our podcast out there a little bit more. Um, we've had a few requests to um, go back to the episodes that are released that aren't currently available on the podcast feed. We start off from uh, episode 10 and go onwards. I'm still unconvinced about putting all of these uh, episodes back online, but I'm going to play the first proper episode that the podcast ever did. Um, Boring Bill Edition number one was, was kind of a podcast preview, basically explained what we were going to be doing here and a bit about me. That's not what I'm going to be putting online today. Um, I'm going to be putting online what was called um, boring Bill 2. Um, apologies if you've got anyone still subscribing and receiving this podcast edition number 27, I believe, um, who uh, has the original editions because they subscribe very early on. I mean, this obviously will be a, a total repeat of that, but uh, obviously this this is a uh, classified, I think, as having its entire new edition number because I'm recording what I'm saying right now, and it is in addition to a repeat of the, um, uh, what I'm about to play, the, the previous version, so you know, I'm counting it as an entire new episode. Um, is that cheating? Perhaps it is. Uh, let me know what you think of boringbillpodcast.gmail.com or attach a comment to the post that relates to this edition of the Boring Bill Podcast at um, boringbill.blogspot.com, um, where you can add add comments at will. Um, Okay, I'm going to uh, play the episode now. The episode basically was reading out the uh, limited warranty that came along with um, my uh, iPod of the day. I still have the iPod that the warranty document came with that I read in this original episode that was released, I think, in 2007, or it may have even been 2006. Um... I'm not sure whether it was uh, it was uh, 2006 or whether it was 2007. But, um, nevertheless, it was it was early on anyway. It was early on in the podcast days. Um, but yeah, I'm not particularly interested in the, the original date now. Um, I suspect it probably was 2007, but it may be 2006. Uh, I mean, it had been so long ago, I don't, really don't know. So if you do know... Um, it's pretty appalling, I suppose, that I don't remember the year in which we started the Boring Bill podcast. But if you do, please, uh, please let us know. Email boringbillpodcast at gmail.com and I'll mention it in a future edition. Um, so yes, I was reading out the uh, the the warranty document that came with my iPod. The, that iPod now is out of warranty and um, its screen doesn't function anymore. And I'm probably going to have to get a new iPod as it happens. Um, there's quite an irony there that obviously this warranty was limited and it was limited to such an extent that it didn't cover the breakage of my screen, whether it was my fault or whether it was Apple's fault. I don't know, often it's with electronical products that they seem to degenerate as soon as the, uh, 
as soon as the appropriate time when it's out of warranty occurs. Anyway, um, I'm rapidly approaching five minutes talking now before I've even played you the main subject of today's podcast. So, without further ado, I'm going to play you the second ever edition, the first proper edition of the Boring Ball podcast. Um, there is probably a major sound difference here. I will try and equalize the volume as best as possible, but it'll probably be a lot quieter and of poorer quality. Not saying that the quality we have at the moment is particularly good, I don't think it is, but um, nevertheless. Here it is, the second edition of the Boring Bill Podcast, which was the first proper edition that we ever released. Enjoy. Right, let's get straight to it then. You want to get to sleep today, and you want to be bored. Although something that I've always quite loved is a good old bit of legal terms and conditions. And what more appropriate when listening to this on an iPod or an iPod Nano or an iPod Shovel is finding out about Apple's one-year limited warranty. You can view this yourself. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.apple.com com forward slash legal forward slash warranty forward slash ipod eyesight dot html it begins with a nice bold title in the same size as the rest of the text and begins apple's warranty obligations for the ipod and eyesight are limited to the terms set forth below apple computer incorporated apple warrants the iPod and iSight product against defects in materials and workmanship for a period of one year from the date of the original purchase purchase of the product, the warranty period. If a defect arises and a valid claim is received by Apple and the warranty period at its option, Apple will 1. Repair the product at no charge using new or refurbished replacement parts. 2. Exchange the product with the product which is new or which has been manufactured from new or serviceable used parts or at least the functionality equivalent to the original product. Or 3. Refund the purchase price of the product. If a defect arises and a valid claim is received by Apple after the first one, 180 days of the warranty period, a shipping and handling charge will apply to any repair or exchange of the product undertaken by Apple. Apple warrants replacement products or or parts provided under this warranty against defects in materials and workmanship from the date of the replacement or repair for 90 days or for the remaining portion of the original product's warranty, whichever provides a longer coverage for you. When a product or part is exchanged, any replacement item becomes your property and the replaced item becomes Apple's property. When a refund is given, your product becomes Apple's property. Then, there is a very long list of exclusions and limitations. Let's have a look at that. So, uh... This limited warranty applies to the iPod and iSight products manufactured by or for Apple that can be identified by the iPod or iSight trademark, trade name or logo attached to it. 
This limited warranty does not apply to any non-Apple hardware product or software, even if packaged or sold with the iPod or iSight product. Non-Apple manufacturers, suppliers or publishers may provide a separate warranty for their own products packaged with the iPod or iSight product. Software distributed by Apple under the Apple brand name is not covered by the limited warranty. Refer to the Apple software license agreement for more information. Apple is not liable for the damages to or loss of any program's data or any other information stored on any media contained on the, with the iPod or iSight product or on any non-Apple product or part not covered by this warranty. Recovery or reinstallation of program's data or other information is not covered by this limited warranty. This warranty does not apply to a. the damage of caused by accident, abuse, misuse, misapplication or non-Apple products b. the damage caused by a service performed with anyone other than Apple c. to a product or part that has been modified without permission of Apple or d. if any serial number has been removed or defaced to the maximum extent permitted by law, this warranty and the remedies set forth and above are exclusive in the of all other warranties, remedies and considerations, whether oral or written, expressed or implied. Apple significantly disclaims any and all implied warranties, including without limitation warranties of mechanability or fitness of the particular purpose. If Apple cannot lawfully disclaim or exclude implied warranties under applicable law, then it is to the extent possible any under claims for such implied warranties that shall expire on expiration of the warranty period. No Apple reseller, agent or employee is authorised to make any modification, extension or addition to this warranty. To the maximum extent permitted by law, Apple is not responsible for the direct, special, accidental or consequential damages resulting from any breach of warranty or condition or under any other legal theory, including any uh, other costs of recovering or reproducing any program or data stored in or used with the Apple product or any failure to maintain the confidentiality of the data stored on any product Apple significantly does not represent that it will be able to repair any product under this warranty or make part exchange without risk to loss of programs or data. For consumers who have the benefit of consumer protection laws or regulations in their country of purchase or if different their country of residence the benefits conferred by this warranty are in addition to all rights and remedies conveyed by such a consumer protection laws and regulations to the extent the liabilities under such consumer protection laws and regulations may be limited. Apple's liability is limited and its sole option is to replacement or repair of the product or supply of the repair service again. Obtaining warranty service. Please review the online help resources referred to in accompanying documentation before seeking warranty service. If the product is still not functioning properly after making sure of these resources, access the online website www.apple.com forward slash support for instructions on how to obtain warranty service. Note: Before you deliver your product or warranty service, it is your responsibility to back up all data, including any software programs you are responsible for reinstalling all data. Data recovery is not included in the warranty and Apple is not responsible for data that may be lost or damaged during transit or repair. Well, that was uh, the warranty for the iSight and the iPod. Not much mention of the iPod battery there for those iPod owners that uh, may have had some problems with that. I realize this has only been around 
eight-minute podcast, and probably not enough to get you to sleep, but maybe enough to make you drowsy. In any case, uh, sweet dreams to you, and legal jargon is normally enough to get you in that drowsy stage to turn off your iPod and drift away into peaceful sleep. And remember, you're not the only one who's laying awake in bed at night trying to find something to get them to sleep. And good luck to you. Sweet dreams. And tune in again for another Boring Bill podcast. Good night. Well, there you have it. That was an edition of the Boring Bill podcast from uh, way back when the second ever edition released and the first proper edition. The first, obviously, was just a preview. I just thought I would uh, mention something at the end. I think uh, I have changed my uh, tone in the podcast. I think in the first few I was speaking very slowly. Um, perhaps you prefer my um, earlier tactics, so do let me know. Send an email to boringbrillpodcast at gmail.com and please do let me know what you thought about the, the very first edition. I think actually... It wasn't exactly a linear progression in terms of the quality of our podcasts and, and where it moved forward. Um, the second edition actually wasn't too bad. It wasn't brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. I still think we're much better now, although we're definitely not perfect now at all. But certainly, I think we had a lot of poorer quality ones around the kind of five, six, seven kind of region of the podcast. So I'm not sure whether I'm going to, again, I'm not sure I'm going to put up the entire back catalogue in their entirety. And certainly, if I do, I'm probably more inclined to do them in the kind of sandwich way explanation, kind of look back approach that counts as new episodes in themselves, rather than um, just putting up the old files, because I think you know, doesn't seem as natural if that happens, and obviously when the episode itself doesn't have any kind of uh, explanation of the time in which it was recorded, um, it's obviously not quite as uh, not quite as simple. Um, please do get in touch. The suggestions very welcome. Um, I'll try and go through some of the emails in the next edition or next few editions. Um, um, yeah, so I think we're going to pretty much leave it there. We're kind of around the the typical 15-minute mark. Um, boringbuildpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. The website address is boringbuild.blogspot.com. And the feed address is feeds.feedbutter.com forward slash boringbill boring for your RSS subscriptions. Please do subscribe. It's useful and interesting to know the subscriber statistics. Uh, Pretty much all coming from the United Kingdom or the United States currently. If you're a subscriber from outside of that, get in touch. If you're a subscriber um, from inside of that, do get in touch as well. Interactivity is the key to a successful podcast. And even in Boring Bill's case, if it's a not successful podcast in terms of numbers, if it's successful for just a few people that um, enjoy it, then, uh, then that's success enough for me. So please do get in touch at boringbillpodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next time as we approach 16 minutes at the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the previous one. 
and I hope you enjoy um, all future ones as well. Good evening.